0: All right, welcome everyone. This is the 2021 CRF450R bike review on the Inside Dirt Show. Joe Stevens here. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, I know bike reviews and tests and stuff isn't something that we do a lot of on this channel as of yet, but it really is something that I want to grow uh, as far as um, you know the content that we put out for you guys because I love riding dirt bikes and I really enjoy riding new bikes and. Um, as I'm getting older and probably a little slower, uh, it's, it's fun breaking down these bikes and and finding base settings and doing different things. So, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, before we get into it, we have launched the YouTube channel now. Um, and this bike review is out on the YouTube channel right now. It is just inside dirt. If you search it, we've only got one other video up there right now, which is the podcast and studio we did with Blake Bilko Williams. Uh, again, now COVID's over. We're going to get cracking on heaps more content for you guys. And, uh, This is just the beginning, so please subscribe to the YouTube channel, please spread the word, Uh, we're trying to grow this Inside Dirt um, platform for you guys, lots of content, and uh, don't be afraid to reach out and let me know what you thought of the bike review, what you think of the video on YouTube, Um, whether it's negative, whether it's positive, uh, I want to know what you guys think, because at the end of the day, we're nothing without uh, you guys subscribing and listening, and I appreciate everyone sticking by us during COVID when there really hasn't been a lot going on, but... uh, you know, bike reviews, let's get into it. Like I said, haven't done a heap of them since last year. I rode, uh, Gibbsy's 2019, uh, CDI Yamaha factory race bike last year, did a review on that, did a review on the 2020 Yamaha 450 from the media day. Um, and I got to ride the, uh, SB Motorsports 250, uh, Suzuki factory race bike last year as well. This year we haven't been able to ride any yet. I've got a few more lined up before the end of the year. Hopefully they happen. If not, maybe we'll do some, uh, some race bike shakedowns before the season starts with, um, with Prime X and whatnot next year, but we'll see. But uh, a little bit different this time because uh, you know, didn't get this bike from a team or a manufacturer. I kind of don't really have any connections at Honda and with the limited bikes and, and how I guess late they've been a little bit getting to the market. I knew it was going to be difficult to get a media bike. So coincidentally um, I'll give a shout out now to my friends, Cole and Jason Newton, um, Jason, Jason, Used to own a uh, Honda dealership, Freestyle Honda, in Frankston, and actually ran my race team program and uh, coaching team program out of there for a few years. So Jay still has some connections. Um, Kyle, his son, got a uh, 450R pretty soon, pretty early in the game. Not many out in the country yet, but. They had one, I said, you know, hey, can I hit you guys up to go for a ride on it? They said, no problem, and, and that was the go. So, look, sometimes uh, getting these bikes from non-manufacturers, there's no obligations to say the bike's great, or or it's this, or it's that, and not that a manufacturer will ever press you to do that, but, you know, it's kind of hard to to go to a manufacturer and say, hey, can I test ride your bike, and then say, oh, you know, you're not happy with it, or this, or that. So, not that I'm going to throw the Honda under the bus in this review or anything, but, Uh, some context. I think I I like sourcing these bikes privately where I can. I like going on the media days when I can too, but it is a completely different vibe. You know, the media day you're sharing a handful of units with a bunch of other test guys and magazines. Um, You know, this, this bike, uh, I pretty much had it for the whole day. I did three, three motos on it. Um, You know, refine the settings to where I thought was the best I could get it for me on the day. And and that's what I'm going to break down for you guys now. So, uh, the big question: Believe the hype? Do we believe the hype on this uh, 2021 CRF 450R Honda? A lot of hype. It's Honda. There always seems to be hype, especially when they bring out a new model. Um, is it justified? Look, yeah, it's it's a, it's a pretty, I wouldn't say revolutionary model, but I'll I'll put my closing thoughts first before I break it down. You know, this bike has had a lot of refinements on the twenty. I think the 2017 was the first time we saw this this uh, previous model, you know, and it's been out for three or four. Geez, already now 2021, so yeah, four to five seasons. I think this is what Roxon debuted when uh, you know when he crashed at the uh, Monster Energy Cup, I believe, back at the end of 16. So this bike's been around a little bit. The previous model I'm talking about, and I got to ride that a few months ago. Uh, It was a good bike. It was a little. Little rigid, little unpredictable with the chassis setup. I thought, and the power was very light switch, very on or off. When you crack that thing, it would it would really blow you back out of the seat. It had a real punch to it. Had a beast of a power plant. So, uh, in comparison, what are the updates from the previous model? You know, first of all, we go down. You know, I again, I'm not going to read you guys the fact. You know, some test guys, some publications will run through like the actual spec sheet. That's not how I do it. I, I talk to you guys. Motocross is a feeling. And it's more about a feeling for me, so that's how I break it down for you guys. But I'll give you the rough run through of the modification, the updates, right? So, uh, in the motor, I know they've done a lot of motor, um, a lot of motor changes, and it's very evident on track as to what that is, and uh, and I'll break that down a little bit further. There's been, um, as far as the chassis goes, I think they've changed a, a little bit with the geometry, not a massive change. I think there's some different componentry in the rear shock. Um, not major differences. That's not where the differences are on the new model. Uh, the clutch, there is now a hydraulic clutch, um, which is new. Obviously, they were on the cable system before that. I'll break down the hydro clutch. I think it's a great addition to the bike, so we'll talk about that um, when I break things down. Um, there's a new uh, single-sided muffler, you know, exhaust system, which has gone away from Honda's trademark twin mufflers that they've ran for a long time. Um, sounds pretty cool performance is a little hard to tell but I'll again break that down and I think one of the biggest changes in relation to the motor is is the new ignition so you know a lot of these OEMs now are coming out with you know say Yamaha for example you have the custom tunable EFI um, app that you can you know you can map your bike via the app on your phone. Um, Honda haven't gone that far but it is a whole new system you have three maps, uh, for ignition and you have three. Now don't shoot me on this one. I don't know whether it's torque or traction, the actual name of it, but the map says T as in the button that you press. So all I know is it makes a difference to how the bike punches out of the turn and how it tracks. So, um, if you hear me say torque or traction, that's what I'm referring to. One's a blue button, which is the ignition map button. One is a green button, which is the, uh, the T setting, torque or traction. I didn't get the official breakdown, but that's you know, I think I played around with the ignition settings about as much as anything um, trying to get this bike to where I wanted it. So um, that's the short list rundown of um, of the upgrades. You know, uh, aesthetically, you know, you've got your new uh, plastics design. It's still got the Alley Tank, which is super sick. Like, it's very sleek, very, um, you know, the, uh, the ignition... System is, is mounted somewhere different. The EFI system, like it's it's all it's all very new and very sleek looking, and it looks great. I mean, no one's going to deny that this thing is. Hondas always look good, but this thing looks really good. I'll give it that. Um, so when I got out on track, you know, first things first. Literally just got there, and and I wanted to. I did listen to some different podcasts and YouTube reviews before I got there from the states, but I I didn't do any of the changes they recommended. I went out and rode it bone stock out of the crate. Didn't even set the sag or do anything. Um, cause I wanted just to get a feel for what the bike was like. Um, and that initial, that initial ride guys was I'm not going to lie. It was very underwhelming, um, for a number of reasons. Uh, I think this is going to be the theme throughout this podcast, right? And I don't want it to sound like I'm shitting on Honda or I'm shitting on this bike. Cause I'm not, uh, the bike has a lot of potential. And what I mean by that is you're going to hear me say, oh, I didn't like this. I didn't like that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That's in stock form. And, and I've set this in the YouTube video if you go look at it. At the beginning, wasn't a fan of it. Then I made some changes that I'll take you through, and I started to warm up to it. But in OEM form right now, which is standard spring rate, standard, um, you know, I couldn't even get a sag close to where it was at because it sprung so light. that Things like that for my weight, the bike was not there. But I do see potential in this bike, and, and I'll break that down. But essentially what that means is um, you're going to take this bike in stock form, which for what it is uh, – Premium priced bike. I think the RRP in Australia is twelve eight uh, or close to thirteen. You know, realistically, your dealer's going to hook you up. You probably get them for your mid elevens, uh, somewhere around there. But it's not a cheap bike. It's 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 on par to the higher price point of the four fifty range from other manufacturers. Um, and you're going to have to spend some more money on it. There's no way around it. It depends where you're at. You know, some a lot of you guys are industry guys that listen to this. your are you're racers. At, at, at a reasonably good level. I think if you're a local guy, a club guy, a um, a ride park, recreational guy, this bike might be good for you with just some springs in it. I think if if you were at that level, you know, you get, you get sprung and sagged for your weight, you'd probably be fine with it. You find an ignition combo that you like, and I think you'd be able to enjoy your riding. If, if you're planning to race this bike, take it to, to a performance level, I think it's – excuse me, at a minimum, it's going to need um, – It's going to need valving. It's going to need, uh, you know, obviously being sprung for your weight, but really going a lot heavier on the valving and springs because it's sprung and valved very light and very uh, unpredictable. And it's very unstable in my opinion, but we'll get to that. Um, You know, maybe aftermarket ignition, because honestly I wasn't thrilled with what the ignition did across the board with the settings we had on offer. And, um, you know, aftermarket pipes I don't think are out yet, but that might help. Um, you know, there's several things that you can do. So in summary, I'm not, I'm not saying this bike's awful by any means. I'm just saying in stock form for me, it's all personal preference, but the, the feedback around the world has been pretty unanimous that this bike has, has missed the mark on, on an OEM level when, when it lands out of the crate and you go ride it, like it's definitely not where you'd want it to be. You know, you jump on some of the other manufacturers and they're, they're really pretty damn close to being good to race right out of the box nowadays, which, um, you know kdms huskies cowies yammies like some of these bikes i've ridden over the last few years like realistically you you do these refinements to them after as a as a luxury you could go race it pretty much stock um this honda's definitely not the case so that's where i'm at i'm not saying it's a horrible bike i'm not saying you shouldn't go buy one um i'm not burning my bridges with honda don't shoot the messenger but this has been pretty much uh, it's been consistent globally that this bike is not where it needs to be out of the crate so um, like I said, went out, wasn't very uh, comfortable to start with. Um, the bike turns phenomenal. I'll say that, but we're in the stock fork position in the clamps. Uh, a lot of, a um, lot of oversteer uh, where it'll stand you back up right away. As soon as you turn the wheel, it's so responsive. You know, you take a normal turn, it'll turn into a three or two or three point turn just because it's so responsive off the, off the handlebar turn. Um, it's definitely a bike you can turn with the controls. You don't have to you know, obviously you can lean it, Honda's are renowned for being great at turning and this bike is, it's it's exceeding that in my opinion, but um, probably too much and and I ended up, first of all, if we talk about the the chassis settings, as soon as I came in, I pulled the forks through so they were flush with the triple clamps, so I tried to, you know, I think lengthen the wheelbase a little bit, you could say, I think if I had more time on the bike, I probably would have pulled the chain, uh, the wheel, the rear wheel further back as well, trying to get some more stability as far as like the chain tension because, um the bike, it, it turns very quickly. And, and if you get a little bit trigger happy with turning the front wheel, it will stand you back up, which I noticed right away. Um, once I mellowed that out, pulled the, the forks through a little bit, it, it did, it turned phenomenally. Uh, you know, I just had big problems with, the the chassis and the spring rates and the suspension trying to get settled into turns. So we'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but, um, you know, so those were the first changes I made, and I went back out. Uh, didn't really play with the ignition to start We've Just got a little bit more comfortable with the fork height and everything, and um, and that was good. So then the next refinement we made, if we want to keep talking about chassis and suspension, was like I said, uh, sprung super light. Like I'm I'm mid nineties with my gear on. Um, you know, people can make make jokes about the dad bod all they want. It's I'm just a pretty heavy guy, man. Um, I'm, I'm nearly six foot. Uh, I'm definitely not a lightweight. so for me, the the bike is definitely sprung far too light and um and and very unstable front to rear, deceleration, acceleration. It'll you know stink bug is that buzzword everyone uses when you chop the throttle and the thing just starts slapping from side to side on the rear and, and getting unsettled. but that's exactly what this bike does and it wasn't very settled for me on acceleration or landing off of jumps. It was just super twitchy and and, kind of to the point where you get a little uncomfortable, to be honest. You're like, oh, I don't think I can really. And you'll see the footage. Like, not like I'm crazy fast anymore or probably ever was crazy fast, but um, I didn't feel like I could carry a lot of speed, you know. I just really couldn't carry a lot of rolling speed into the turns. I didn't feel very planted. There wasn't a lot of feedback. Um, To to stick to the ground, I think the the Dunlop front tyre that I'm not the biggest fan of on there is, uh, you know, that didn't help either as far as the OEM settings making it fuel planning for me on the front end. I'm a big front end fuel guy. Um, But yeah, so we ended up going, I went four clicks harder on the front fork, I believe. And I I went two in just to speed up the rebound a little bit, just trying to get some feedback off that front wheel because it was very twitchy and dead feeling. I just wanted, even if it was too much rebound, I needed something to to have uh, some feedback as to where the bike really was going in and out of turns. Uh, On the rear, we went uh, same. I went, I think, four harder. Uh, three to four harder and actually went a little bit slower on the rear just trying to get a balance on the bike because I wanted it to um, to stay squatted out of the turns and driving as opposed to giving me a lot of feedback. And, um, you know, I was hoping coming into the turns that that it would stop uh, kicking so much and kind of settle. And, and it worked a little bit. It worked to a point where I had a base where I was like, okay, pulled the forks through, did that to the suspension. Now, now I can actually get a feel for trying to get some speed up on this bike and see what the engine does. Now I can carry a little bit of speed. Um, so if you're taking notes, that's what I recommend you do. If you're, even if you're a light rider, this suspension is not going to hold up for anyone at a reasonable speed, probably over 75, 70 kilos. I I don't imagine it's going to stand up in the stroke. And for me, the thing was riding around, but just at the bottom of the stroke the whole time. Um, so that's why I had to go harder. Um, like I said, I couldn't even get, I didn't bother trying to get close to a sag rate, uh, measurements that we wanted because I was just way too heavy for the spring rate. So heads up, if you get this bike, it is going to be sprung light. Even if you're a lighter rider, you're going to, you're going to be surprised how light this thing is as far as the suspension settings. Um, so once we got that dialed, then I started playing around with the motor. So if we talk about the ignition, um, there is like I said, three maps on mapping, three maps on torque or traction or turbo T whatever you want to call it the reason I say turbo so I was just talking to someone this morning that's ridden the bike and and the, the power characteristics on this bike are very bizarre man they really are it's it's one of those things where this bike is so close to being a really impressive dirt bike but they've just missed the mark and the, and the power plant plant English Australian if you want to say it um it's just it's just missing. There's like, there's holes in, in the power curve. If it was on the dyno, I can't explain it. Like there's, there's several maps. Like if you go to map two or map three or talk two or talk three, where the bike will be super doughy coming out of the turns. And then when it hits, it's, it's like, boom. And it's just really aggressive and, and kind of barky, but then it will tap off real quick as far as the, the over rev. And, 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 you know, I think listening to some other uh, test riders, that I've listened to, I believe the overrev or the, the higher RPMs is classified on this Honda at like, you know, I think 5,000 RPM, it starts to get that bop sound, you know, with which man, that's super low uh, as in RPMs for it to start over-revving, so to speak. So I don't know that for a fact. That's just other information I've gathered listening to different test riders. But uh, yeah, basically there's holes in the power. The thing, it, it, it can be, I will say this, Honda's gone to that linear power curve engine design now, which um, is a great asset to them because, you know, KDM and Husky have pioneered that for a long time. Now, Gas Gas uh, will be the same. And, and you know, I think Kawasaki were the first to really bring it over effectively to the Japanese models. Um, and I'm a big fan of that 450 for that reason. Yamaha, it is linear, but it's a lot punchier than the Japanese, uh, sorry, than the European bikes in the Kawi, like the, the Yami still does want to just blow you out if you if you run it on an ignition map that's it's a little bit more aggressive. They do have that um, mellower ignition map, which I was quite a big fan of uh, on the Yamaha. But um, if we talk about this Honda, like I said, my my preferred, in the end, I stayed on number one, which is stock on the map, and I went to number two on the torque. Important to note, I rode this bike at PBI. Uh, it was a pretty hot day. Um, I don't think they had the chance pretty new track design they didn't get that much water anyway i just think there was a bit going on for those guys track was cool but it was kind of dry skatey and dusty so i couldn't carry heaps of uh, rolling speed and again i'm a vet guy now i'm 33 i'm not saying this that you know if 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 whoever's on the factory honda uh, jumps on this bike like yeah they're gonna it's gonna be a completely different experience but you listen to me as a test rider this is my experience um so I said number two on the, on the green, the T setting on the ignition and number one on the blue. I found that the most predictable, the most linear and the most usable. Now, was it particularly impressive with speed? No. Uh, I found the bike sounds really different to anything I've ever ridden, honestly. And you'll hear that in the, in the YouTube video, uh, on inside dirt, plug, plug, go subscribe. But I couldn't really tell if I was going fast or not out of the turns. Like I kind of heard the bike and like I said, it's, it's over revving and it sounds like I sound like I'm going fast, but every kid I coached over the years also sounds like they're going fast when they don't change gear either, but it doesn't mean they're actually moving. And I couldn't quite get a connection from my ear to, to the, my eye, as far as what the bike sounded like to how it was moving. Um, and, and honestly, there wasn't a whole bunch of fast riders at the track where I could get an indication as to, Oh, okay, well this guy's another 450 out of the turn. I I couldn't drag anybody. There wasn't really any reference there. But the bike definitely isn't slow. Um, Honestly, I think in the right spots, the thing's damn impressive with the power. It's just they're not in the right spots. So, you know, like I said, again, aftermarket ignition, whether you can take it to your Honda dealer. I don't know in Australia. I think we have different standard maps to what comes out of the States. But I know in the States, they're talking about um, certain uh maps being really out and and they might be looking to do a reprogram through honda i don't know how true that is again this isn't nothing official from honda this is just stuff I'm, I'm piecing together through the old internet here but um you know it's uh can you get the bike to where you want it i don't know depending on your riding style for me i feel like all the different combos i tried on this track on this particular day i couldn't really get super confident i found a setting i was happy with to to, to ride for the day but it wouldn't be where i'd want to leave it moving forward. Um, so again, aftermarket ignitions, there's different things you guys can do there to, to really get the bike to where you want it. Um, got a little lost in my thought there, but that's pretty much, like I said, then I found the, the motor setting I was happy with, and that was at the end of, of motor number two. And again, I came in and I was like, oh man, I'm still not really feeling this bike, Um and I think the biggest problem with it, I was trying to be a little too aggressive with the power and I was trying to turn too early. I was trying to sit up the front because the one thing with the Honda Ergos is, is everyone knows these bikes turn phenomenal and you can get so far forward easily on this bike. The, the rider cockpit for you to get from, you know, your hips unlocked behind the shock line to the front of the gas tank is easy, very easy. I found that incredibly fun to ride on this bike as you can turn the thing. But again, turns too well, stands you back up. So in the end, I started standing longer into the turns kind of edging in on the edge of the tires. Then I'd sit when I could accelerate. Once I did that, I found the bike a lot more enjoyable to ride. And then that's where the third moto came in. You know, I went out and did a, I think it was like a 15 or so. And, and honestly, it felt pretty good, man. It flowed and um, like very underwhelming at the beginning to then being aware of, okay, the bike's going to be unsettled when I chop the throttle, the bike's going to turn too quickly. If I try to sit down and commit too soon, the bike's going to blow me back in the seat. If I punch the clutch and, and, and get on it aggressively, Once I got all that through my head, um, you know it's it's a real contrast because you're going to say, well, Joe, you just said you weren't impressed with the bike before. By the end of the third motor, I was pretty impressed with, I think, a base package that I feel has completely missed the mark. Let's not get that twisted. But I think if you're an experienced enough rider, you're going to jump on one of these things and say, all right, it needs uh, springs. It needs valving, maybe some linkage, maybe a steering dampener, maybe it needs an ignition, maybe it needs some some motor work, maybe it needs an aftermarket exhaust. It's easy to sell these things. This is my only bugbear with the bike, I guess, is that you're spending close to 13K if you go drop retail on it. Then you've got to spend more money to get the thing the way you want it. That That's my only warning, I guess I'd say, is if you buy into the hype and, and you are particular with your setup, you're going to spend more money to get this thing the way you want it, as opposed to other OEMs. Um, but the bike has a lot of potential. Like I could honestly, I felt, you know, if you take a look at the video footage, some of the photos on my Instagram, I felt pretty damn good on it by the end of the day. And and I would, um, I would say like, yeah, uh, would I consider buying one? Not in 21, maybe in 22, like I'm probably going to go buy my own personal bike again at at the end of 20, uh, at the end of 21 models. So probably middle of next year, I'll get a new 450. Um, And I'd put this, I would consider it, I really would. Um, I, I would, again, a lot of people want to be the early adapters. They want the new model. Uh, typically, the bug the bugs get worked out about two years after the new models are released. So typically years three to five of a generation of a dirt bike is where they iron out all the initial launch bugs and you get the best version of that bike. And I think that's what's going to happen with this Honda. Do they come out with it fixed for 22 in OEM form? Probably not. 23, I really think this thing will be really refined to a point where that would be the bike you could go get to be close to a class leader. At least I think, I, I don't know, I might be wrong. Honda's never really hit home runs with, with their OEM bike straight out the floor, but they're always very competitive at racing with what you can do to these bikes from OEM settings. So it's two different things. You've got the guy that buys the bike just to ride it. You've got the guy that buys the bike to tear it down and make it their own. Two different guys. Um, if you're that guy that wants to tear it down and put money into it, this thing's going to be a really good bike. If you just want to ride it, probably not the bike for you because it's not there. Um, in OEM form, my opinion can it be? Yes. Are you going to, have to spend money? Yes. Um, other features on the bike: hydraulic clutch. Um, Honda clutches were renowned for a long time as uh, being pretty average as far as lifespan goes, and you can fry the things just by looking at them. Um, there was no slippage. I had OEM oil, everything off the showroom floor. It was a hot day. I motored down. The clutch never faded. It was good. Like I said not the biggest fan of hydraulic clutches personally. I I guess I'm just getting old. I'm 33. I just, I just lack cables because it was like that when I was a boy, but um, I don't mind the hydro on this bike. I didn't mind the hydro on the cowie, but I do like cable. I just like the feel of cable. Um, but that being said, I think they've added more plates and they've done some internal changes other than the obvious uh, hydraulic componentry. I think there's different, uh, you know, there's different updates in the clutch basket itself, but Definitely lifespan, um, performance, everything from that bottom end is is boosted by this hydraulic clutch and and its robust uh, ability to handle that power. So this is usually a missing link in, in these OEM bikes, which drives me, drove me crazy for a long time is that you get, you know, I didn't own a 19, 18, 17 Honda, but I know a lot of people that did. And if you didn't put a Hinson or aftermarket basket in it and toughen that thing out, you were literally, if you were at a reasonable level, doing clutches after every weekend which it's it's an expensive way to go ride dirt bikes man um you know i know a lot of standard baskets i like that and, and even my my personal bike right now is rmz 450 you know you guys can talk shit about the kickstarter if you want but it's a really strong motor once you do some things to it and i think we're running clutch springs from 2003 rm252 strokes in there to beef it up and give it a bit more lifespan change the order of the the plates and the and the fibers and different things to, to make it a bit more robust and it you know, you just got to remember, they don't release these bikes for your average uh A grade pro guy, they release it for your average guy that buys in off the floor, so just be mindful of that. But the hydro clutch, man, big improvement, big lifespan, uh, prolong. good, good addition to the bike. Uh, single muffler, like I said, sounds really different, looks really cool. Um, I didn't mind the two mufflers, I think they're a little more pricey when it came to aftermarket uh, exhaust system, so that'll probably help you guys a little bit if you're buying a bike. to to pimp it out with some parts and performance, you know, you won't have to buy two mufflers, you just buy one and head a pipe, so that's always a plus, but whether it affects the price point of aftermarket pipes or not, I don't know, Um, and uh, what else, you know, motor, chassis, hydraulic clutch, suspension, and a single muffler, so really, that covers most of it, guys, Um, like I said, you know, I'm not the tech guy that's going to break down every individual setting. If you want that, go to the official Honda release, the fact sheets. Um, like I said, I've, I've raced at a professional level. I'm, I'm a pretty decent vet rider now, still riding coach, still active and relevant as far as my ability to translate what I ride and how I feel like that relates to you as the rider or consumer. The market for this bike is going to go in two different ways. And like I said, market number one is I buy it from the dealership. I want to go ride it at the weekends and have fun with my friends. Um, bike is going gonna, gonna to need some work even for that as far as comfortability, but it'll do the job. Market number two is you're buying it to race, local, A grade, B grade, uh, state, pro, supercross, motocross, whatever. If you're doing that and you're getting, you know, if you're getting cheated up to go buy one of these things, then I would just be be aware that you're going to have to drop some serious money to get this bike to where you want it. Um, and that's just my two cents as, as a test rider, as an as a experienced rider. Um, am I right? Time will tell. Uh, is there things that will come out, you know, like linkages, like uh, different valving, um, different ignitions? Yes, there are things that are going to be on their way. Uh, the bike's quite late. I don't think there's a whole lot of aftermarket development done yet but there's a few guys in, in Australia that I've spoke to that are on them and, and some of the feelings I've said here are pretty consistent with them and then listening to the guys in the States, not that I'd say that influenced me, I tried, you know, I rode the bike very uh, neutral uh, from when I got it. Uh, that, you know, I didn't put any suggested settings in just to get the, the feeling of, of what it did out of the box and it was pretty consistent. So I think these are the things you'll experience when you get yours, if you get yours. Um, and yeah, it, it's hard to say It's hard to say like it sounds like I'm I'm shitting on this Honda. I'm not at all. It has a great deal of potential. But right now uh, in OEM form, it's going to need some work. But again, I say this in the YouTube review to finish. What bike doesn't? You know, some of the bikes are ready to race, quote unquote, KDM. But even then, you're still going to put a pipe on it. You're still going to put springs and valving. You're still going to. Uh, you know, do things. If you're a serious weekend guy, even a racer guy, you're still going to do these things to make yourself more comfortable. So it's just to me, it's like, what are you comfortable spending? That that's what I would say you'd look at with either this bike or any of these new edition 450s. Is that you know they're going to cost you between 10 to 12 g's, maybe even more with this Honda off the showroom floor before you go drop. You know your average suspension revalve and spring guy now. You know without a linkage is close to twelve hundred bucks. With a linkage is probably a little bit more, fifteen hundred bucks. Then you got your pipe, fifteen hundred bucks to two grand. Then you got your ignition. Then you got your programming. Like this, this all adds up. So uh, I guess my advice in in the current um, economic climate. I mean, hell, if you took your super out and it's just sitting there, just go nuts. But if if you need to be a little bit more price conscious, like I was as a privateer eraser. You know, I always look for bikes that number one I could get for free <laughs> to race for the season, uh, but number two it was like, okay, well, what what bike do I have to do the least to to be com- competitive on? Um, and that that's something that I think you need to think about because this bike is uh, is a lot of hype and it's sexy and it looks cool and it sounds cool. Can you go fast on it? Yes. Um, is it going to take some work? Yes, but you'll get there. You know, so it's just it's like any good relationship, man. You get out what you put in. You put some time and, and love into this bike. Honda twenty one Sierra four fifty. You, you're going to get it back if you you think you're just going to neglect her all week and go rip on the weekends. Uh, you might not be too happy with how how she handles. So um, that'd be my advice to you guys. But hey, uh, keep this one short and sweet. We just crossed thirty minutes. Um, like I said, the Inside Dirt YouTube channel is uh live now and we will have this video out by the time you listen to it so please search inside dirt on youtube watch the review subscribe to the channel we got heaps of good content coming there and um the new website is almost done soon too that'll be launched in the new year and we'll have some exciting new uh directions with inside uh, au most likely add that in uh once again thanks for listening uh please share this around um if you don't agree with me tell me tell me that you think this is not the best review you've ever heard uh if you have any feedback on the honda i'd be keen to hear it you know um it's going to make me a better test rider it's going to make me do better content and uh yeah let me know if you have any uh feedback on this and with that thanks for listening to the inside dirt show um Appreciate the love, everyone. We'll be back. There's a lot of off-season stuff, a lot of silly season stuff going on right now in the Australian motocross world. I'm getting phone calls every day about riders that are switching teams and they're switching gear deals. And it's getting down to the nitty-gritty because we're close to Christmas. promx just launched the new schedule for next year, um, which is the new national series in motocross. And there's a lot of goss, man. So we'll definitely get another Inside Dirt show in before Christmas and get some good guests on for you guys to go into the holidays, feeling all G'd up for what's the coming 21, because uh, I'm excited, man. We're back riding. COVID seems to be on the back foot, uh, at least in Australia. And we've got a good year coming up. So with that, um, we'll be back soon more content. Thanks for listening.